thanks for signing up. It's uh, it's a public beta podcast for July fifteenth, twenty twenty. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. You can't you can't wave at the people; they can't see you. No, you gotta, I'm waving. Uh, back to business, Reed. This podcast, we are yes. back to the regular format. We're gonna talk about some bullshit because there's nothing left to talk about in regards to the last two us. There's nothing. Uh, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me. No, after we did the last podcast, Nick, the next day, was starting to say some things again. And I just went, Nick, like, I... I some soul-searching. Yeah, I well, cannot tell you Well, to be fair, the thing much. he said was he walked in here and he's like, you know, you're right. Maybe it is disappointing. It's not a classic, was his final words on it. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah, no, but, like, uh, when he's telling me about the next day, I'm just like, Nick, listen, there's nothing left to talk about this game. I yeah. cannot describe to you how much I don't want to talk about this we, game anymore. I can't talk about the fact that I just... I will never think about that game again. It's gone. It's forgettable. Uh, we have new games... We Reed. have new games. New games coming out. Yeah. Uh, so Ghostwire Live Tokyo is That's Tsushima. right. Live Wire Tokyo. Uh, so uh, Ghost of Tsushima is out this Friday. You were confusing that game with Ghostwire Tokyo. I thought they were like I thought we were gonna be playing as fucking first person samurai yeah. shooters in modern day Tokyo. Red Steel Three shooting ghosts. As much as I would like you to have spent seventy nine ninety nine on a game <laughs> not knowing what it was. <laughs> be completely surprised. <laughs> and you're like, oh I guess it starts in feudal Japan in yeah. third person. Yeah. And then that happened for thirty <laughs> hours and you'd be like, what Oh is and it? also the graphics are triple A not blocky. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, what's <laughs> going what's going on here? Uh no, that is in fact Ghostwire Tokyo, which is out next year, uh from the Resident Evil creator who also did Evil Within. I don't know if you ever played Evil Within. No, I don't care for uh, it at all. Okay. You don't care for the horror, as it were? Those I, games... like, I like watching playthroughs of Resident Evil because, like, I don't like playing them because I don't think they're particularly fun, personally, but they're very uh, anime-y. The, the ones, so, like, not Resident Evil 7, but, like, Resident Evil 4, 5, 6, uh, the, the ones that are more tense than than scare horror games. No, so they're like Last action of, games. Yeah, they're like Last of Us, basically, yeah. at that point. Uh, you're so armed to the teeth that something will pop out and go boo, and you'll 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 jolt for a second, but then you'll fill him with so many fucking shotgun shells. No, yeah, Chris is fucking punching boulders in yeah, Resident Evil yeah. Five. Like, Chris, Chris, what a game! Yeah, we don't make him like that. I anymore. was making a jo- I was yeah, I was making a joke to I was making a joke to Rod that it's like Chris Redfield is showing up for that wrestling match in Spider Man One. Yeah, and he's like, "What's your name, kid?" Chris Redfield, and he goes, oh, "That sucks. That yeah. sucks." Welcome. Chris. <laughs> Chris. Uh, so that's out Friday. Uh, that's from Sucker Punch, the guys who brought us the... Uh, Sly Cooper series. Sly Cooper series, as well as Infamous, uh, yeah. which is a series that has been fine. Uh, yeah, I really like Sly, Sly Cooper, <laughs> some of my favorite games on PS2. I know I played through all the Infamous games. I can't remember what's the difference between Infamous 1 and 2. And I can't know... that. I don't know the difference between Infamous and Prototype. Oh, okay. There is none, right? Well, Prototype didn't have the lasting appeal that Infamous did. Infamous at least made it to the PS4 in Second Son, whereas Prototype had two games and then they were just like... I forgot about Second Son. I heard Second Second Light... Second Son was good. I heard Second Light was even better. Last Light? Or Second Light? Whatever whatever the fuck fuck it was called. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to... It was good. Uh, from what I have read up now on Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. um, I am, like, I'm not doing a whole lot of It else. looks like, visually, the game's got a lot going on in terms of content. It's an open world game. Yeah, no, it's gonna be days gone. But go, Samurai, go, go, f- go! Clear all these fox Wait. dens. Go clear all these uh, bandit camps. Yeah, and, like, but you know what? That's okay. Destroy the statue. Those games are okay. Yeah, those are, yeah. those are fine. Uh, are we not gonna talk about what we've been playing this week? We of course are. Okay. But Paper Mario is the other game out Friday, which I've heard is a return to form. People are liking the mood and because like, the last few Paper Mario games have been awful. Yeah. Uh, but apparently the, the the combat has not learned anything. It's still punishingly hard. Hard. So, so what they keep doing with these games is they made the Mario Luigi games traditional RPGs turn-based what have you 
but then they made Paper Mario then needed a gimmick for some reason. So they did like Sticker Star on the 3DS where all of your actions in battle are determined by a book of stickers. And if you're out of stickers or you don't have any good ones, the battle system just became a fucking chore to play. And then Color Splash, I skipped altogether, uh, but heard very monotonous things out. So good to hear that this is at least better uh, in every way other than combat. But I've only ever played the first one on N64. There's nothing wrong with turn-based fucking RPG combat, especially when the appeal of the game is the visual style and the writing. No, I, our turn-based RPG combat is now making uh, I don't want to say a comeback because I wouldn't call it such... Well, it's weird because everyone who was doing it is trying to do anything but it, and anyone who's coming into games now being like, I'm going to finally make that indie RPG I've always wanted, the default is turn-based combat, yeah, no, because it gets the point Yeah, across. I don't want to say it's making a comeback, because it's not such a big move, but it is making a little bit of renaissance. Um, like, like, will we ever see a Final Fantasy game with turn-based combat again? I think we probably, will again. Probably I think not, we will again. Um, but yeah, I like, I like, like, Persona, once again, Persona 5 showed everybody you can make a fantastic video game that everybody loves with turn-based combat. Yeah. well, it becomes like a puzzle game, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it is a Octopath puzzle Octopath Traveler is the same uh, thing. Divinity Original Sin 2, uh, one of the greatest games that are made, I'm playing it again right now. Um, sure. Very turn-based, and because Look of Look at the, you segueing. It was so, you know, <laughs> I'll get to that later, but it's such a well-received game, and people like the combat so much because it has so much depth and stuff like that they translate that to the Baldur's Gate 3 which Larian's now handling yeah to the ire of some hardcore Baldur's well, Gate well to the fans. point where there's actual dice rolls in Baldur's yeah. Gate 3 yeah. yeah but people are like well, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 is active time combat and I understand where listen people from. who like Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 you're like 45 years old yeah you don't get a say anymore sorry yeah. that's, how uh, this, that's how this industry moves I, man. to me it was like Wizard, Wizards of the Coast who are officially partying with Larian for this since yeah. it is a D&D video game uh, they were like which they don't do yeah, often they could, yeah. They, yeah they could go to Larian and be like make an active time combat something you're not comfortable with and something that we don't know but you guys have proven with Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 <laughs> that you can make turn based combat great that would be like Bioware making a third person shooter that isn't Mass Effect. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, it's like going to Bioware and being like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, and even if it is Mass Effect. Yeah. So I absolutely, I absolutely agree with the decision to make it turn based. I personally prefer it. I think Larian's better at doing it. Um, it just makes for a better game, especially when people are like, hey, it's not like D. No, D and D is turn based. You roll for initiative, sure, and it's technically in kayfabe. It's taking place in active time. Well, yeah. But it is turn based. Um, so I, I totally look forward to that. But yeah, so Baldur's Gate 3, once again, another turn-based video game coming out. Um, Persona did very well. Bravely Defaults, even. Well, there's, an, the there's most, another one coming out on Switch yeah, at some point Yeah, some of the most year. well-received uh, Final Fantasies, quote-unquote, of the past uh, decade. I and think the first 50 hours of the first game was, and then people were just like... No more of this. No, please, stop. No, uh, yes, and I and I agree <laughs> with that. If we ever if we ever talk... I'll give, okay, brief thing about Bravely Default. Sure. Why the last why the last bit of it fucking sucks is because you replay the same ending of the game three times because in kayfabe you're going back in time but you have to like so they're like kill these four bosses in these four tower towers they'll give you the four crystals, okay? Like sweet, classic final fantasy. Got it. You do that. You go back in time because things I don't it's been a long time. But you go back in time you're like, "Okay, I don't think so I ever finished it." You do it again. You fight the exact same four bosses that you just fought and then it happens again and they're like kill the same four bosses again i'm like no motherfucker you fucking do it that's like uh the avengers when they went back in time to fight thanos and still had a whole lot of trouble with him it's no like, shouldn't he be depowered but, yeah but this is just that's why i thought it sucked i got like 65 hours into that and i'm just like wow it doesn't want it doesn't seem like it wants to wrap up that no. game like it just wants to keep 
No. Keep going. At least Octopath Traveler has. No, I here, here is you will be done. No, when you I, complete I, this list. Of I things. really don't like Octopath at all, and because good. Like no, it. Maggie, my girlfriend kept like bugging me about it each day because I don't buy a lot of Switch games. Yeah. She's like, are you ever gonna play Octopath again? Are you gonna play Octopath again? I'm like, is she just like looking at it. Well, I'm just like take away the incredible visuals and the unique art style, and what are you left with? A puzzle game. I'm like, it's a it's a very by the numbers RPG battle system. So the the battle system I will defend because it isn't just a turn based battle system. Well, it's it's, a, it's bravely a puzzle game. De- it's, it's bravely default. Did you unlock come to the point where you have all the sub jobs and stuff too? Yeah, I am so, unlocking them, but the whole thing becomes have enough people in your party to cover every single weakness. Right, but my bi- and the comments are my biggest problem because I found it enjoyable, but nothing special. Yeah. Oh, the story's disjointed. Yeah, and, no, yeah. What I and that was my major point was I saying where when I play an RPG, I want a group of characters that interact with one another, that develop with one another, and become something great together, go on an adventure. And since Octopath. Each character has their own story, and you don't know who you can have in your party at any time. Yeah. Nobody interacts with one another, and I hate that. I can't play the game because of that. It won't let me proceed. It had some really neat ideas uh, in that you choose your starting character, and that character's locked to your party the whole time, uh, to your detriment at some points, where you're just like, oh, this character is like a sitting... They're not helping me here. So I chose like the wizard mage character, uh, just for like dumping fucking magic nukes on people. And uh, you get into you get into a cool rhythm. You're like, okay, these are the characters I will stick with for the most time. But obviously, you're forced to swap them out to do their individual stories. The active time events, like Final Fantasy IX has, uh, actually does delve into the characters a little bit and shows their relationship with each other. But the game does not do anything aside from the finale. I'm to understand where it actually brings those characters together, or they yeah, I, it's 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 a weird game uh, narratively. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I hold FF10 in such high esteem personally because. There's very few games I can think of where characters interact with one another to that yeah. level. An Octopath is just like all these characters have individual storylines and they're relying on each other to get things done. They, they become like a roving band of murderers, essentially. Right. But, uh, like, yeah, you know what I mean, though. Like, they don't. It's not a classic RPG. No. When the reason why RPGs exist because it's like Lord of the Rings. But that is a game that I intend to finish. I'm so, I'm like two thirds at least or more through Octopath. I'll probably never never go back to it. Uh, It's like Bravely Default. You just burn out. It's just like, listen, RPG, JRPGs should be long, but they don't need to be this long. Right, no, FF10's Uh, main story is like, and that's why Another thing I love about FF10, I'm gonna keep gushing about it, is it doesn't even let you're just you, trying to plant seeds. It doesn't even for, let you, it doesn't even let you access anything resembling an end game until you're at the end game, um, and it's a it's an easy breezy fifty hours. Beautiful cover. Like you're done it. If you want to beat the main story right from there, you absolutely can. The game will be an easy sixty hours, and it's very well paced. If you want to go do the 150 hours of extra side content that the end game has to offer. Right, called the damage limits, yeah, HP uh, limits. Yeah, yeah. It, or go farther and fucking uh, completely erase the entire sphere grid and replace it with the plus four nodes. Which, like, I've only ever seen a few people ever do that because no one has that amount of fucking patience. Right, and, but, and the problem with that game is you run out of content that requires you to be that strong. Well, not on, not on the PS4 version anymore. Oh, yeah? No, because they added all the international... One, Dark Aeons. Dark oh Bahamut has, like, 200 million HP. Like Let's fuck him up. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Penance, one of the hardest Final Fantasy bosses of all time. 
uh, sure. who has like the only way to beat him is walk. You need Waka's ultimate weapon so he can break down a little bit, and you need Waka's attack reels. I don't mean to uh, call you a liar, but there was a boss in Final Fantasy XI that people fought for two weeks and still lost. I said one of, <laughs> not the. <laughs> I said one of. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing. I went back to Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm loving the hell out of it. That game's great. It's fun. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, like, do you, you probably appreciate it more in that regard um, because I'm such a, I don't want to say a hardcore fan, like I love and breathe Final Fantasy VII, but I do love the game and those changes at the end did bug me. I Like, I haven't got there yet, but but I don't, every time they come up now, even having you explain to me what happens at the end there, I mean, I have to see it for myself, obviously, uh, but that stuff just seems like, wow, that didn't, you didn't need to put this in here. No, That's the worst part, it's just like, this is... Completely unnecessary. No, who you were wants, fine. Yeah, yeah, who wants this? Everybody just wanted a remake of Final Fantasy VII. Hopefully uh, they take that into account with the, the further parts, that this one acknowledges uh, the fans, and that from here on out, just make just make Final Fantasy VII. Right? Yeah. It didn't have to be more or, complicated. Or, anymore. like I said before, if you're going to do changes, just do it. You don't need you don't need ghosts. You don't need some yeah. huge meta bullshit narrative. Just make your changes. Yeah. And, like, then you think about how long this game was in production. It's just like... And and th- at no point, someone was just like, why don't we cut this fucking shit out? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, I'm getting close... I'm about to head up to the plate and save Eris. Aerith. Aerith. Uh, I got the... I helped Leslie at Don Corneo's, and he gave me the bag full of grappling guns. Uh, so I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, did all the side content. Uh, I've unlocked all the battle intel up to my point, including maxing all the materia, which once you get the AP max... You maxed all the materia? I... There's not enough materia in that game. I've, like, maxed all the materia. I've maxed all the magic, but I didn't go as far as to maxing all but, of it. But I will, like, if something's maxed, I'll unequip it and equip something else to well, level yeah. it up. Which is actually fun in the game because then you're constantly swapping out your yeah. playstyle. And, man, and that's such a thing. I, I That's such a strong point about Final Fantasy VII in general. It's not exclusive to Remake, also the original. Just all the materia and the ways you can change yeah. up characters and make them different things. It's why I think FF8's junction system has aged way better over yes. these years than it has got poor. Because now people are more used to these kinds of systems and this level of customized uh, yeah. custom. The only bad thing with Final Fantasy VIII is if you're coming back to it after playing it 36 times, you know exactly what magic max out what at one yeah. point. Oh, I can get Tornado but now, that was which is one for of the HP. Most, yeah, yeah, that was one of the most enjoyable things about my first playthrough was discovering, discovering that. Yeah. Was discovering all that shit. And I loved drawing yeah. out 100 units of magic from one monster and being like, fuck yeah, like, I'm going to have this I mean, that's now. the best reason to have that times three speed yeah. is for, the, for yeah, drawing absolutely, magic. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake's kind of been when I'm playing Animal Crossing, obviously. Uh, I am very much looking forward to playing Ghosts of Tsushima. I'm down for a game like that when people are like, yeah, there's just a bunch to do in an open world. It's just one of those. And I'm like, fucking perfect, let's go. No, no, that's, uh, the, I absolutely agree with you, because sometimes there's just a game you need where you get home. Yeah. You know, you have a little smoky smoke. Yeah, yeah a little smoky smoke. Uh, yeah. you, lay on, you lay on the couch. Just like the Samurais would have. You put on MasterChef on YouTube and yeah, you yeah. fucking play some bits, man. You're an idiot sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking donkey. <laughs> uh, but you've been playing anything else other than going back to Divinity Original Sin? Um, Two, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm restarting my, I'm not restarting, but I continue off my last playthrough, Divinity Original do you ever play as a skeleton? Yes, I am playing a skeleton right now. That's oh, actually that's my playthrough. A two-person. Do you have to wolf. wear a bucket on your head, or people get scared of you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, to, I'm doing. A I two, know things. <laughs> I'm doing a two-person undead lone wolf playthrough. Um, so each character has the lone wolf perk, which makes them inha- inherently stronger, and they can do more things that a four-person party would too. Fucking nerd. 
Um, well, it's the thing about this game is that there's so many items and stuff, and it's such a deep RPG that handling inventory for four characters, and I've done it, I've beat a playthrough with four characters, yeah. it becomes very tedious by the end because there's number every number matters in this game to yeah. the point where one one point in one stack can be the difference between winning a fight i gotta say i was so i got to the point in final fantasy 7 where i'm like oh it's kind of open to grinding now so i was just like cruising the areas and seeing what what enemies gave me the most exp and i'm like holy shit if i like spend 30 minutes in this area i'm gonna level up six times like i'm looking at i'm doing the numbers like i'm the, I'm the fucking gif of the lady with all the math flying around my yeah. head uh, so I do that, and I'm stopping, and I'm swapping out materia, and I'm leveling up my weapons, even the ones I don't intend to, like the nail bat. You're never going back to the fucking nail bat. Yeah. Uh, so I'm leveling all that stuff up, and I do all this. I unlock the fast travel. Joke's on me. So I'm like, I'm done my grinding. It's been 45 minutes. No big deal. Leveled up six times. I'm feeling great. I got my, my, my characters are good to go. I'm like, I'm going to go kick Leviathan's ass now. I go to use the fast travel, and the fucking game locks up, and you better believe it had an autosave for an hour. A game that you feel is autosaving all the time. And let me tell you something in a JRPG. If you're going to lose time, please make it be story content that you can skip. When you lose time, and all you were doing was grinding and moving things around the menu, and you oh, fire up your save yeah. again... And you're six levels ago, and things aren't maxed out, and your weapons aren't leveled up. Man, I had a, I had a fucking moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I immediately, what you have to do is get back on that horse. You got to get back in the game. Yeah. This time you, you just gotta do it. You, you just, know what to do. Yeah, just gotta uh, do it. Anyways, that sucked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm playing that, and then I'm also playing um, fucking odd, like the fast travel. You know, like the guy says, "Let's go" or whatever to the chocobos. He's just standing there, and Cloud's just standing there looking at him, and nothing's happening for five minutes. Anyway, sorry, you're saying. So I'm also playing Final Fantasy XII right now. Sure. Um, one of the strangest, weirdest, most wonderful games ever. Uh, it's just this game's fucking baffling, and I may have said it last week, but I'm going to be working on a very extensive video for my YouTube channel that describes this game. In a very detailed length because there's not enough time to talk about it. Um, it's just crazy how every time I play this game, I'm reminded about I fucking love and hate this game so much at the same time. I can't put it into words. It's just like, like Square can't help themselves. It, it, they like have something and it's like, oh, and then like they go that someone it, it goes that extra little. Yeah, it's the problem I gave uh, that I was just talking about with Octopath. 12 doesn't have the typical adventure of these group of characters that develop with one another, nor do these characters interact with one another at any meaningful level beyond no. Bosch and Ash, and then sometimes both here. Fran, Penel, and Vaughn, after the first act, are fucking useless, and they don't even speak barely, let alone interact with other characters. Both here, besides flirting with Ash sometimes, not really involved either. Yeah. Um, so these characters, Ash is the only one that really develops as a character. Bosch starts as a very noble, proud warrior, and he finishes as a very proud, noble warrior. Both year, I guess, kind of accepts his past, but Ash is the only one that well, develops. Well, he, he reclaims his honor, Bosch. But he, he always had his honor. He never. Well, yeah, left. but like the people in the game don't know that. <laughs> they think he did some bad shit. You no, know, like there's this great line at the end of the game with Judge Gabranth where he goes like, "Bosh, like all the people you left behind, all the people that you murdered, you, yet you still hold on to your honor." How? And it's like he's never like that's not the thing. He's never left it. Um, he's not. Yeah, wow. steep. It, yeah, it's deep, but it sucks too because <laughs> it's it's not like it's not a character developing. And that's no. why I hold Judge Gabranth in such high esteem, because he's only one of two fucking characters in the whole game that starts and ends differently. Um, but at the same time, the dialogue, the writing is so fucking cool and awesome. 
I watched a scene yesterday where it's just the judges walking through a hallway talking about the Senate. I'm like, give me this. Like, I am the Senate. <laughs> no, but they're talking like about... It felt weighty. It felt like... Yeah, a, they're talking yeah. about war and politics and, and, and intrigue and Vane killing his brothers and his dad possibly covering it up because he doesn't want to overpower his son because he knows his son will kill his other brother because he wants the throne. And you're like, that's awesome. I really want to be a part of this. And then they're like, all right, main party... You need, like, a crystal from a temple. That's way less awesome. Why can't I deal with the cool political the shit? Like, yeah. it's such a bummer, man. Um, what a weird fucking game. Um, lots of grinding still. <laughs> it's so easy to become overpowered in this game, and this is a problem. I've like, never played the Zodiac version. Oh, especially yeah. in the Zodiac version, because it's a lot easier, actually, um, in, in some regards. Uh, it's definitely the definitive way to play the game. I would absolutely never recommend anybody play the PS2 original over Zodiac Age, personally. Never. But the PS2 one is a lot more difficult. Um, but it's so easy to become overpowered in 12 than any other Final Fantasy game. Because they're like, one, you need license points to do anything. Yeah. And you need a fucking lot of them. So, and the only way to get license points is by killing enemies, but only, also killing enemies gets you experience. So if you want to get ahead in any meaningful way, you do have to grind. Especially with the four-time speed But with option. the gambit system. Yeah, and especially with the gambit system and the four-time speed they offer, it's easier to grind in this game than any other one. On top of the fact that you have side quests, hunts, and uh, optional explorable areas that you can go to far earlier than you need to, or in some cases that are just optional completely. Yeah. If you do any one of those three things, you're already going to be overpowered, and 90% of people are going to do one of those three things, especially the hunts. If you're like me, you're going to do all three. All of a sudden, you're 10 levels above where you should be in that story area. Oh, now you're 20 levels above. Now you're 30 levels above. For example, I'm now going to Mount Burr Ominous, yeah. um, which is like mm, maybe, maybe a third of the way through the game, maybe halfway. Uh, I'm level 49 with my characters, level 50 actually, I think now. I can beat the final boss of the story mode now if I want to. Yeah. I have that capability. But I'm not even I haven't even scratched the surface of the side content this game has available. I was it's, gonna say, like, the balance in Final Fantasy VII Remake, like they've come so far. Like you can play as any character, using any weapon, you, you it's viable that you will win. Yeah. Unless and, you are and, like but it never seems like you're like one shotting yeah. anything that you shouldn't but, be one shot. But even when you feel like I'm blowing through this area, something will pop up to give you a genuine challenge and you're like, Well done. Because yeah. there's there's so many options. Uh, and like the original Final Fantasy twelve was the same way. It's just like, you want that guy to hold a sword now? He can. That's to your detriment. Yeah, and the, the, so this creates such big problems though too with the kayfabe of the story when they build up like Judge Bergen as this he has mist infused in his bones. Oh shit! Like he's this <laughs> super strong military guy, and then because you're like 10, 10, 20, 30 levels overpowered because you're just playing the game as it's intended to play. Typically, you just obliterate you him. Just obliterate him two fucking seconds. <laughs> that was my and, rematch with Leviathan. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely it's him. absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. Have you ever timed a summon so that it does its final move as the enemy is staggered? No. Oh, oh baby boy. Um, and then the other problem with this, too, especially when you can explore areas way before you're meant to. You can go one of the endgame areas partway through the game. In the original PS2 version, if you had the gumption and and the know, and the know-how, uh, like a, a quarter of the way through the game, you could go to an optional area called Nicole Nab Nicole of Nabidus. Uh, Nabidus, sorry. Um, and in there was the Zodiac Spear, the most powerful weapon in the entire fucking game. 
as long as you were able to grab that and, and get out. didn't open all those other chests. And right? didn't open all those other chests, yeah. You would get the most powerful weapon in the game a quarter of the way through the game. Because the game let you. But you got Nova. And that's the problem. That's another problem that's also a good thing. It, Isn't game, that locked behind a license, though? Well, just get the license. <laughs> just do it. Just buy it. No, seriously. Just <laughs> If you just go right to it without getting anything else, it would be super easy. But that's another problem with the game is that uh, it's so focused on rewarding you for doing these extra things that it's giving you... When a normal weapon power for you are in the story, let's say it's 50 power, going to the Nicole of Nabidus or doing these extra hunts or stuff is going to give yeah. you 80 weapon power uh, weapons. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're one-shotting everything in the story. It's the weirdest fucking Which game. Which is fun in its own right. Let's yes. not let's not. It's absolutely... That, yeah. I love yeah. it personally, but I can absolutely see why people will be like, this is not for That's me. That's why they, they put it behind opening certain chests. Like... A lot of things in video games that are cryptic like this now, the internet has just ruined, right? Like, yeah. look at look at the new Mortal Kombat, like with the crypt. You used to be able to look up the locations of all the things you wanted to unlock, and they were just like, we're just going to do random then. There's this many of this kind of chest, and it's a random roll what you get out of it. So there's no way to determine. So you just get to grind forever. That was their solution to the internet. We'll just make it so you don't know what the fuck's going Yeah, or happen. it's like when Hideo Kojima made PT, and he's like, oh, it's going to take people weeks to yeah. figure this out. And it was like a day later. Thanks to the internet. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to like one guy. Well, yeah. People don't... People like... It's as easy as one guy going to Reddit being like, here's how... Here's my theory on how PT ends. And then just a bunch of people being like, oh, maybe if you tried this. Oh, maybe you should try that. And we're fucking playing PT, like a room full of people, turn all the lights off, and you're supposed to talk to the ghost at the end. And there's something you're supposed to very definitively say, but at that point the internet was like, this worked for me, or I think it's this. Uh, so there's me putting on my headset, and I didn't know at the time on PS3 how to make it so the sound still came out of the TV. So at a certain point, I had to go into the headset, and I was the only one hearing things. And they're just sitting in the quiet room with me trying to communicate with a ghost through the video game thing. And it's just like, as stupid as this is, how special is this? Like, oh, uh, PT, right? like, PT is unbelievably special. Well, that was PS4, not PS3. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, uh, my buddy still has it on his PS4. Same here. But when it first came out, yeah, we'd have like four of us down in his basement, no lights on or anything. We're playing this game, and... We can't fuck... The first time you turn around the corner and she's just standing there looking at you. Yeah. Like, I, one of my friends suit. was shitting yeah. his fucking pants. He's Did you like, uh, see that thing recently where someone, like, uh, busted the camera out so they could just see the game being played from above? And it turns out that the ghost is following you most all of the game. Like, she's constantly behind you. If you turn to look, she just teleports. But the whole time, you're actually being chased by a ghost you don't even know is there. That's fucking terrible. It's fucking cool. Yeah, uh, or the part where you look up and you just see the dad staring at you down yeah. there that he backs up to the door. <laughs> fuck off. I was like, dude, fuck this game. I can't play it. It's even, a... even think talking about this game makes me like get that feeling again where it's just like, I can't, I can't believe they didn't make a full game out of this. It would have made a zillion dollars. would have yeah. been the greatest Well, bargain. and then everybody else made a zillion dollars off of just copying it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, need, uh, we need to get to the news quick and then uh, hit us New Vegas. I have something very specific to talk about today for New Vegas. That's right. We're going to talk about New Vegas today. Uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft did their Ubisoft Forward, which was like an E3 direct presentation. Uh, they were complete cowards and didn't uh, acknowledge at all uh, the ongoing allegations against them. They released like a statement on Twitter being the allegations. Like, uh, yeah, so like a lot of people up top are, are dealing with all kinds of assault and uh, abuse allegations uh, from sexual to to uh, whatever else you want to call it, emotional, uh, whatever. Guys have stepped down. People are being investigated. They're moving things around internally. Bad scene. Uh, so they put out a Twitter statement to basically be like, hey, this was pre-recorded and. Uh, so we're not really going to mention anything about what's going on with us right now during this presentation. And it came off as very, 
Like we're not talking about it. We're not going to talk about the elephant in the room. And it came off, and they didn't even they didn't even put a placard card up during the forward or anything. There wasn't any mention of it, which is fucking strange. Uh, but anyways, what did they go on to show? Are you into Assassin's Creed Valhalla? No. Are you into? I and for the record, like I fucking love Norse mythology. I love. And you're out. I love Vikings. <laughs> I love everything about that. I you li- will play this game. I literally have multiple fucking tattoos of this kind of stuff, and I. Because it's Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed, I have absolutely no faith. I think there's some. But of those, there's flails now. I think there's some of those boring, generic, fucking out. Like, well, I hope Ghost of Tsushima cover. isn't quite that because no. people are comparing it. Does no, it? but like every like I played Far Cry Five, I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I thought one, I thought they're the same game except one was played in first person and one was in third person. I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, so all these <laughs> these games got dated too. Watch Dogs Legion also in that same formula. Like, who wants another Watch Dogs? They, they Did have, anybody play Watch Dogs Two? Uh, unfortunately, so they have no idea what tonally watchdogs is and it comes off tone deaf in that games are not political way there's just like man you couldn't more be ripping things from the headlines that are serious political issues right now but then playing it off like it's a fucking sandbox and like a joke uh and that's kind of watchdogs in a nutshell here's a here's a thing with a lot of things to say but it's going out of its way to make sure it says nothing uh so that game's coming out and then they revealed uh far cry 6 which also kind of leaked um and that's coming in february for another Far Cry, which is another series. So when it comes to Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Far Cry Six, I'm kind of like done with all of those. Yes, yeah, I don't. Uh, I couldn't give more of a. Sh- I couldn't get less than a shit about any of them. So yeah, so they said there's another one of these coming to detail other games. There was no mention of Beyond Good and Evil Two, no mention of Skull and Bones, no mention of Gods and Monsters, new IP games that they have revealed on previous E3s and haven't even fucking mentioned. Yeah. Uh, remember Wild? Nope. Yeah, exactly. The game where you could like become a rabbit in stealth. And then you could ride a bear and fuck up a camp full of guys. Yeah, that was from two years ago, E3. They haven't mentioned it again. It's it's bizarre. Like, these are hundreds of people working on games for them to just become vaporware. Like, what is it? You can just cancel it. You can outright say Skull and Bones isn't happening. It's being canceled. Yeah. Uh, but when you don't, then it, then there's then everybody's thinking, what's going on? Uh, so that was Ubisoft. Uh, and then Devolver did their, like, E3 presentation. And they also released something on PC called, like, Devolver Land. And they made, like, a faux E3. So Devolver hasn't been in E3 for a long time because they had a big falling out with the ESA. You can look up online if you want. But they've been doing kind of their own off-site E3 thing. They're the rebels, basically, of the of the video game industry, if you want to call them that. And they released this thing that's basically, like, a faux E3 walk-around. But it's just their games and their booths and a bunch of jokes and trailers. Very neat. Like, an interactive presentation. So, like, I am on the show floor, I'm going to walk into this booth, I'm going to see a trailer for this new game, I'm going to look around at this cool 3D thing. It's maybe a waste of resources to have made this thing, but yeah. really cool idea. Uh, and anyone who's going to be doing a virtual E3 or presentation like this, this is kind of the, hey, why are these guys the only ones that thought of this? Like, it revealed they're doing a Nintendo NES, complete with TV, it's going to be, like, over 200 bucks, and it looks fucking awesome. And all I could think about when I saw this was... Uh, Labo, eat your heart out. Because they made, like, a scrolling Lego TV. And then you pop the Mario Lego thing on top of it. And as you interact with this little lever and a Lego Mario on this thing, it makes the sounds of what... It's fucking crazy. Uh, And it's really Lego taking a shot at Labo, in my opinion. But with Nintendo on board. Uh, Tom Holland, who you might know as Peter Parker... Yeah. uh, Is still set to star as Nathan Drake in an Uncharted movie, which is still happening. Why? Uh, people think it's a well. The Ratchet and Clank movie did good. It was a yeah. CGI movie, mind you. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, whatever. Fuck. Who cares? Spider Man. Yeah, I don't care about <laughs> Uncharted personally. So whatever. Make a zillion movies. I don't care. 
Okay. It's like when they're like... The like, Last of Us TV show is still coming. Yeah, remember when they're like, here's the new Tomb Raider. What happened to that one? The new Tomb Raider movie? Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, it was? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, it's a video game movie, man. Yeah, why can't we get any good ones? I don't know, man. Ever since I went to see Max Payne, I'm like, here it is. Mark Wahlberg is going to bring it back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the good video game movie. Mark Wahlberg, who doesn't not... Has his... a similarity with Final Fantasy VII Remake as they put CGI demons and angels in that movie that do not exist in the game. No, and not to mention that Mark Wahlberg just does not have the voice, the personality, How or dare you? anything that Max Payne had. Wicked smart. Uh... Yeah, Payne to the max. <laughs> Remember that when you go to that, you know, that one room and... I remember playing this as a kid. I thought the game was terrifying, okay? Max Payne? Max Payne. Max Payne is a scary game. Yeah, so yeah. you open that room and there's a fucking shotgun that's attached to the door that shoots. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never playing this game again. That scared the shit out of me. So that's I, it. I, I, haven't, I haven't played it since. You see a guy just popping pain pills, diving around in slow motion, like blowing people away. Come on. Where are those games nowadays? Max Payne 3 was great. Um, we need more Max Payne games. Max Payne needs to come back. Yeah. Did you ever play Max Payne 3? No, but I know it was basically Punisher. But like, from a, from us, so the gameplay's fun. Period. Uh, I had a really cool mechanic where you're a video game character, but that doesn't mean you get to carry three rifles all the time. It had like a hand in a hand mechanic, so it's like I can pick up this shotgun and I can pick up this handgun, but I can't fire the shotgun. Well, I have. Well, I have the handgun. I can tuck the handgun in my shorts. Then I can fire the shotgun, but if I want to pull the handgun back, if I want to pick up another rifle, I can put the shotgun in my right hand and pick it up. Now I'm holding two rifles I can't shoot. It was kind of neat. It felt like more action movie and it really meant you like moved around, picked up a gun, and then threw it away. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the shootouts and stuff were fucking awesome. There's a scene in an airport uh, that me and Rob have talked about previously on Turn-Based Attack. It's one of the best third-person shootouts in a video game ever. This like this like soundtrack starts playing and just like starts like. And you're just, like, walking through just blasting people. Yeah, it's fucking man, awesome. Man, that's the thing I wish more games would appreciate is musical cues. During, Moments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I hate to use this as an example, the Borderlands. Um, usually, I mean, yeah. No, but usually they have very forgettable dude, music. Dude, Saints Row 3 with that Kanye song where yeah, you're fighting those guys in your, like, um, penthouse. It's yeah, fucking great. No, Borderlands usually has very forgettable music, and there's a ton of fights that you would never remember it. But there's always one I'll always remember, and that's when you get to the top of the Bloodshot Dam in Borderlands 2, and this fucking really hard guitar dubstep shit comes in right when robots are fucking lying down to attack you. And I just, it gets you pumped every time. It's, it's, it's... The musical equivalent to survive in Halo Reach. As soon as you see that survive objective, you're like, it's fucking on. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, video games, they're good for those moments because they're interactive moments that you can't get in any other medium. It's, too bad it's, they don't do them more It's often. going against the big walkers in Halo and hearing the Halo 2 theme with the guitar and you're just jacked as fuck. My favorite moment in video games, and I can't think of an example right now, is the... They're not going to make me play this part. Like, there's games where you're like, why aren't I playing this? Like in Devil May Cry, there's cutscenes where you're like, why aren't I beating these guys up? But there's other parts in video games where you're like, I hope they don't make me do this. And then like, oh no, I'm meant to play right now. Oh Here no, Or you have the other ones, you're like, man, I really hope I get to do this thing. It's not just a cutscene. And then you get to do the thing. Metal Gear Solid 4, when you hop on Metal Gear Rex, and you're like, we're going to take this thing to escape. And you're like, please let me play Metal Gear Rex. Please let me play Metal Gear Rex. And then you do, and you're like, yes! And then you get to the out, and Ocelot comes in a ray, and you're like, please tell me I can have a mech battle with Ocelot in Metal Gear Ray. Yes! <laughs> Did you forget whose who's name is on the video game? He's got you. He's got yeah, your back. He's got yeah. my ass. Listen, he's not going to make you sit through two and a half hours of cutscenes and not let you have a mech battle. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Fallout New Vegas. What we're going to talk about today is Kaisar's Legion exclusively. And then next week we are going to talk about the end of the game, a few select side quests, 
and the DLC, and that's probably going to be most of the episode. We'll start maybe with a little talk about Ghost of Tsushima as we both plan to play it. Yeah. I might finish Final Fantasy this weekend. We'll see. Uh, you might want to talk about that, but otherwise we will talk exclusively about New Vegas. So, Fallout New Vegas, Kaiser's Legion, they are an imperialistic, ultra-reactionary, totalitarian... Uh, totalitarian. It's uh, <laughs> a hard word for you. A dictatorship based on large-scale slavery. You know, it's good stuff. There you go. I like the United States. Uh, founded in 2247 by Edward Sallow, it's uh, it's Kaiser. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, because it was a misreading since they're in the future, right? Right, yeah, they don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, and he was a follower of just the Just like apocalypse. you with the totalitarian. <laughs> yeah, and just like Rome, they follow the structure of assimilating other tribes into their greater empire. Yeah, so Joshua Graham, the burn man, uh, was the other guy to found it, uh, also known as Malpice Legate, I believe is what he was called. Uh, the Legion uses trappings of the ancient Roman Empire as a part of unifying identity imposed on its tribes and does not recreate any cultural, so, uh, social, or political institutions of ancient Rome. The Legion itself is simply a slave army built on ruthlessly utilitarian principles supported by several uh, tributary populations. This wow. is a video game. This is a video game I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, enslaved men are used for combat. Uh, they are called legionaries. Uh, while enslaved women are forced to bear children and support the war effort. Both the predominantly uh, reconditioned tribals. So what's interesting here is in IRL, the Roman Empire never let women into the army. Which wasn't admittedly a big deal back then. But it was one of the many things you could point to for their ultimate downfall. That if you, if you separate this... I mean, it went through all of, of the Dark Ages and, and medieval, medieval times, right? Like, women just weren't as prevalent on the, on the front lines um, do, doing the battle. Uh, both are predominantly uh, reconditioned tribals, forming a well-organized, culturally but, insular fighting force. And women still are allowed in the new Kaiser's Legion in New Vegas. Mm -hmm. And he talks about that in the game, too, which is really nice. Uh, as of 2281, mainly operates east of the Colorado River uh, and the Grand Canyon in the former states of Arizona and New Mexico and much of Utah and Colorado. So they've spread out quite a bit. They're a huge threat uh, at the point of this game. And it would be really cool to see this faction pop up in a future Fallout game. Yeah, and what I love about this is it directly correlates mainly to Fallout 2. Fallout <laughs> 2 really enforced the tribe aspect of the Fallout universe, which is a lot of people that didn't come out of these vaults, they would have reverted back to a tribal sort of living uh, just due to the environment, due to the fact that there's no more education or anything like that. They would obviously fall back into that. I love how Caesar's Legion is like, let's take that and we'll, we'll say something happened to these tribes. What happened? Oh, they were all assimilated into a bigger thing. What's that similar to? Rome? And they, yeah. went, they went further and further on from there. One guy read a book. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not like Fallout 3 where you don't see any tribes. It seems like everybody is fresh out of a vault almost. Um, yeah. Which I don't appreciate as much. <laughs> uh, Kaiser has made no effort to establish a civilian culture. Uh, though civilized communities who submit to Legion rule are generally allowed to keep their freedom to an extent, rather than being absorbed into the army. As his ultimate goal is to conquer the new California Republic and merge its civilian culture and infrastructure with the military strength of the Legion, creating a new totalitarian empire. So he's not necessarily looking to he's, completely dismantle the new he's California He's looking Republic. to make Nazi Germany, basically. <laughs> which, no, Backwards. Yeah. No, no, which is a mix between modern society and old dictator empireship. You know what I mean? Uh, Legion symbol is a golden bull on a red field, which is derived from the standard Legio X Equestris and Guy, oh, gee, boy, uh, Gaius Julius Caesar's uh, favored legion. All right. Uh, so in the year 2246, we're jumping back 
almost a decade here, the followers of the apocalypse sent a group of nine members to the Arizona Wastelands to study the region's tribal languages. The group included follower Edward Sallow, who met with the new Canaanite missionary uh, Joshua Graham, a specialist in tribal dialects. Not long into their travels, the group was captured by the Blackfoot tribe and held for ransom. At the time, the tribe warred against seven other tribes and suffered from a lack of skill in warfare. Against his companions' wishes, Sallow aided the Blackfoots to save him and his companions from the captors' enemies, giving them knowledge of gun maintenance, small unit tactics, explosive improvisation, and military strategy. The tribals admired Sallow so much that they made him their leader. I guess that's just how that government works. Uh, with that, Sallow took the name uh, Kaisar and began reorganizing the tribals he commanded into a legion. And the rest, it goes on here. It tells you the entire history. Oh, of, I love it. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Put it in my veins. Uh, yeah. So, uh... And there's a lot more exposition to this, specifically regarding the Lonesome World DLC. There's a character named Ulysses. Uh, I can't fucking... <laughs> Ulysses? <pers> Ulysses? <laughs> Ulysses? Uh, Ulysses? Yeah, sure. Ulysses, yeah. No, it's Ulysses. Ulysses? Sure. Fuck, it, the Whatever Greek name, god damn it. Um, but he has a lot to uh, add on to the Caesar's Legion being a former member of them. Uh, among other things, uh, mm. which is really neat, and I love the exhibition going towards it. Caesar's Legion in general. Ulysses, or Ulysses, I don't think, I don't know which, uh, was once a member of the Twisted Hares, a powerful tribe of uh, in Arizona that forged an alliance with the fledgling Kaiser's Legion in 2247, becoming its scouts during the conquest of Arizona. Yes. Ulysses was one of uh, the most successful scouts in the Twisted Hares, traveling vast distances in search of enemies, both Kaiser's Legion and the Twisted Hares. However, once the Legion's campaign ended in Arizona, Kaiser promptly rewarded their aid by breaking the uh, alliance and betraying them, conquering and enslaving them, as he had done with all other tribes in Arizona. Yes. And he's um, got a problem with that. Absolutely. There's a very few video games that give you this much depth in regards to a villain's perspective. Hey, do you know what's really interesting about this? Is a, directly compares to The Last of Us 2. How do you build up a villain early in your game that you want to actually maybe understand the point of view of later in the game? You and Kaisar's Legion is somewhat that. Yeah, you know, what, yeah. you know what the answer is? How do you understand these guys? You go up to Kaisar and you ask him, what's the deal? Yeah. And he gives... <laughs> he and he's like... And he's basically like, man, I'm surprised, first of all, that anyone would really give a shit about any of this, but I'll tell you. And he proceeds to give you like a 20-minute... Basically, what you just said, like explanation about what Kaiser's Legion, and he doesn't hide any facts. No, it's not like he's saying like he's trying to pretend like he's some great force or is a good person. He's like, this is what the Wasteland needs. I'm bringing it together. I'm basing this off a total, total totalitarian government. Totalitarian, yeah. yeah. That the Romans had <laughs> assimilating tribes into nameless factions. Yeah. So like you, I watched a video that was kind of about the Legion, just this information and then I watched one that was of like an expose it was like 30 minutes long and this guy's like this is why Kaiser's Legion will ultimately fail and it was like just a essay on like here's all the here's all the faults with them they try not to use firearms well I don't need to tell you that if you're bringing a fucking knife to a gunfight over time you're gonna expend more bodies than you have yeah. to beat the the New California Republic and really the New California Republic they are interesting in that they they're hypocrites or like they they present democracy or they present the old world but but they, you dig into it and you're like but they're just as corrupt as the right. old world they're, yeah because you still no matter what even if it's a democracy you still have people on top and those people on top are not immune to the, to, the to only corruption. difference is kaiser's legion calls those people slaves whereas the ncr calls them civilians citizens, yeah. yeah citizens but they're but at the same time they also don't put them in shackles and make them lift heavy fucking rocks yeah sure it. but somebody's got to do it yeah <laughs> 
But, yeah, so, no, they're both factions, the NCR and uh, Kaiser's Legion, are both hypocritical in different ways. And just mm-hmm. as we said before, they're both good and bad in different ways for the Wasteland. It is portrayed by the game that, and it, it, honestly, Caesar's Legion is more of a villainous faction. They fucking crucify people, for Christ's sakes. And so right. people don't do that, at least. Um, but I love Again, it. Again, comparing them to yeah. Abby and her friends, they I killed love, those people, they don't kill you. Yeah, I love that this, I love that New Vegas portrays Kaiser and Kaiser's Legion as unapologetically ruthless yeah. because they feel that is the only way that anything's going to happen anyway. Right. And, so. and just as NCR Legion has individuals that are corrupting things, it's not like Kaiser's Legion, it's only Kaiser at the top and that's it. He has, uh, first of all, the guy you mean in Novak, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, Nipton, sorry. Yeah, the guy uh, who usually gets a grenade yeah, in his pocket. Yeah, he seems to take great pleasure in crucifying people and stuff right. like that. Whereas Kaiser just sees it as a means to an end, not yeah. something he derives pleasure in. In the same breath, Kaiser, like you said, he has a plan. He wants to take over the West, assimilate civilian culture with his military right, might, and become a new society. His second in command, Legate Lanius, one of the most memorable characters from the game, easily one of the coolest voices. For yeah, sure. absolutely one of the coolest voices as well. But it's been it's been told many times that he does not share the same views as Kaiser at all. If he was in charge, he would be a total genocide. He would just fucking kill NCR and NCR citizens until there's nothing left in the West. Right. Um, so I love that Caesar Kaiser still has contention in his own camp anyway. It's not, it's not just like, oh yeah, I'm the leader, everybody will follow what I say no matter what. He has problems. He's like, if I die, especially from this fucking tumor in my head. Right, so the idea would be that in a radioactive wasteland that everybody dies of a tumor at some point. Kaiser is an older man. He's, as we said, uh, his, his history goes back like 60 years before this game even starts. Right, and, he, and, uh, and, and he's like, yeah, I have this tumor in my head. I'm going to die unless you do something about it. And we'll, t- we'll talk briefly about that. But I just, I love how... Now's the best time, yeah, uh, really. But I yeah. love how Kaiser, uh, it's not him as simple being like, I just want to live. He's like, if I die, Legate Lanius will take over for me, and Kaiser's Legion will just become a murdering mass force, and nothing will be accomplished. Kaiser, even though he's ruthless, he's very aggressive, and he has very uh, immoral tactics, he has a means to an end. There is a purpose to what he's doing. I, and the game explains that very clearly, very vividly to you, and there's not many games that would do that. Yeah, There's not uh, many games that would give that amount of attention to their villain. Well, it's like, it's necessary in this game where they are asking you to side with one or the other or turn against both, right? Um, It gives you so much information to make the choice. Yes. Uh, And that, unfortunately, makes the game, even though it's one of the most replayable games in the series, makes it very difficult uh, to replay without already thinking of those things in your mind as you build your character, as you move through the game, as you... You know, you encounter a, a one of the tribes in the game that you have to make peace with or fuck up, right? If you know where you're going, then you know how that interaction is going to go. Right. Whereas the first time you play the game, you make friends with someone, and, and then, then someone if, tells you to kill them. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's the that's the problem with all open world. Uh, that's not that's not necessarily the problem. That's the best part about it, but also the part that makes a narrative game like that. You need a new game to come out, so there's some mystery in that. Yeah. Uh, because once you know, you know. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Kaiser's yeah. Legion, one of the most unique, fun, and deep factions I've seen in a video game. Really, yeah. Really fleshed out uh, into the light. And just like, here's what they're about. You're going to disagree with a lot about what they're about. But also look at these guys. Who, what 
what is the lesser yeah, evil? And, and yeah. not even just that. So you're going to disagree with a lot of their tactics and stuff, but you can't argue with the results and the means to an end. He makes no, he makes no uh, secret of his intentions. He makes no secret of his methods. He's upfront and honest about everything, and there's some admiration in that regard. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's a still a monster, but uh, yeah, I, I fuck the game just takes so much more care and love in giving you everything you could possibly want in regards to every character, every faction. So there's no, there's no, there's no questions. It's yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. If if Abby took the amount of responsibility <laughs> that Kaiser did, totally have a different story. If she was just like, yeah, I fucking killed Joel, yeah. I did it. It's over. Spoilers. It's done. Yeah, I, I'm uh, based on sales right now and how they steeply dropped off for that game. Anyone who was interested in that game has already bought and played it. It's, it's so crazy. Like, uh, but let's not bleed that game into this game. No, uh, it doesn't deserve it. So uh, that's gonna be our, our discussion this week. Next week, like I said, we're gonna try to finish this game out. What will we review next? We're already discussing that, uh, and that's kind of it, man. Good show. Yeah, great show. Great show. Uh, at Tits Iceberg on Twitter, Lee at iceberg.com on email. You can leave a question, topic, anything you want, uh, wherever you see uh, the, these things posted, and we will discuss them if they're interesting. Uh, for myself, Lee, and for Reed, that's going to be the show this week. Thanks for signing up.